welcome to the last September edition of the PFF Forecast. It is September 29th. We are heading into week number four of the NFL season. We're going to go through the slate, um, talk about our favorite bets, and eventually land on a lock of the week that hopefully won't get kiboshed by rushing touchdowns like um, Tom Brady's did last week. I'm not bitter at all. I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much for asking. Let's rock. Um, I wanted to ask you about your new car. I just asked you about before the podcast, but you are the proud owner of a new car. I feel like that deserves a recommendation. Are you going to recommend a new car to people? Uh, well, no, uh, here's my recommendation. Um, don't have children. So no, (laughs) (laughs) no, I love my children, but the, so, uh, just a little bit of backstory. Like when we moved here, we moved really close to my kid's school and my, where my wife used to teach. And my, the car that I used to drive kind of like went to hell. So I sold it and my wife was like, oh, we're going to get a new car. Right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, honey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, we like kind of worked around having one car for like a few months and then, and then COVID-19 happened. And so you needed zero cars. cars yeah. And so then me, I'm like puffing my you know chest out being like, look how genius I am. Right. Only one uh, car insurance payment, only one whatever. Epidemiologist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and then of course, like COVID, COVID's not over, but like we're getting back to normal and, and then we moved. So like, no, like, so the kids like, but the kids take a bus to school. It was somewhat inconvenient to have one car, but then like, eventually my wife like was kind of like, come on, come on. And so my recommendation is to eventually cave every once in a while to the people in your life. Um, that's a long way of getting that's my recommendation (laughs) is to cave every once in a while we'll find out if you like the car based on how long it lasts by the way the car that you were driving when i first met you that you referenced it was the biggest (laughs) piece of shit (laughs) oh shoot biggest piece of shoot that i've ever seen and um yeah it had less horsepower than my bike does um which my bike does too and like the other aspect that sucks about so like i like our new house but it's like i can't bike to like go get a cup of coffee even Mm. so like even when you're home maybe you can make a cup of coffee at home yes but you know i like to support the local like i can't make a cup of coffee is what you're saying that's (laughs) i can't let's read between the lines no um congratulations uh very proud of you i hope this manifests itself in a winning week uh for us Um, I'm excited to talk about this slate of games, not just the uh, obvious Sunday nighter, um, which is even more intriguing now that Richard Sherman is playing. Um, also, our, our, co- our co-worker, our co-worker, um, yes. if you did not see, he announced uh, that he was going to be signing with the Tampa Bay Bucks on his podcast, the Richard Sherman podcast, which is a part of the PFF podcast network. Um, it has been uh, a real joy to work with him. Obviously, Chris had a podcast with him last year. And um, the, the dude is just, he's just a really awesome, cool guy. And I'm excited for the conversations that he's going to have. Um, now, of course, being a part of the Bucks, maybe Brady will be on there uh, soon. Who knows? But that line has moved a little bit. We'll talk about that one. There's also some great NFC West games with Cardinals and Rams, Niners and Seahawks. Uh, and the Monday night game is also fantastic. A lot of really good games. 
as we normally do, we're going to alternate talking about the bets that we like most. If you want to check out the whole slate, go to pff.com, um, get yourself an elite subscription, check out the green line tool. It's actually a part of all the scores pages. You can see um, where our predictions lie and you can get a lot of the information that we reference here, including the power rankings and, and grades and such. So where do you want to start? All right, I'll start with a game. This is an this is a low-key game mm -hmm. now that both teams have failed to meet expectations, but I think it's perfect. Washington football team at Atlanta Falcons over 48. Wow. So this is a full – you have gone full fade on the Washington football team defense. Uh, the, and again, the Washington football team, I did my PFF scripted – the Washington football team is giving up over half an expected point EPA. Oh, by the way, there's somebody who, who asked about this, and we do talk about it enough. It is good mm -hmm. since our audience is growing. Expected points added is basically every single play you have what's called an expected points, which is essentially what, what the offense is expected to score on the next scoring play. So if you have an expected points of 0.2, that means that the that the offense is expected on the next score to score two one hundred or two tenths of a point, and then after the play is over, there is obviously a new thing. So if you go from first and ten to say second and four, the expected points will change maybe from 0.2 to 0.24. The expected points added on that play would therefore be 0.04, yeah. right? And so the, the way it, I, and just to piggyback off that because it's not an easy concept for people to get and i feel this is one of the trickiest things about trying to talk intelligently mathematically about sports in general but also like we do this as a job like people out there who have a real you know yeah. other jobs that are coming in and trying to understand it need something that's bite-sized i always think of expected points added as simply on a per play basis am i getting closer to scoring or further away from scoring right so yeah. and that's when we say like when a running play um you know on second and ten gets you to third and, and six, you're actually not, it, you're further away from scoring on third and six than you were on second and 10. And that means that that play uh, was not efficient for you. Yeah, and you have, it has magnitudes associated with it. So it, it's very correlated with win probability added, which is another complicated, it's also correlated with yards per play. But like to your point, if you get a seven yard play on third and 10, that's not as efficient as a seven yard play on first and 10. So you do have to contextualize that. And the Washington football team, is giving is is giving up half an expected point per play uh, rushing and passing in the first 15 plays of a game and again a lot of these totals last week in the one o'clock hour none of the first quarter totals went over a lot of these totals are determined by the first part of the game and I, we know the falcons offense has struggled um but you know the falcons being able to like drive down and score right away um, and then we know how bad the Falcons defense is, the Washington football team being able to answer, like I think that's going to yield the ping-ponging of this game that's going to get this game over 48. By the way, AJ um, Terrell uh, is questionable with a concussion. Um, one of the things that scares me about this, and I'm curious your take on it, is how disastrously anemic the Atlanta Falcons offense has been. Um, that Matt Ryan has below a 60 PFF grade. His passer rating from a clean pocket, from a clean pocket in the year of our Lord, 2021 is 90.3. Like Taylor Heineke has not been good. His passer rating from a clean pocket is 110. 90.3 would be, I think, like 12th in uh, pass rating from 
a pressure pocket. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's not good. He's making um, four times as many turnover-worthy plays as he is big-time throws. Yes. They're not running play action. Like, what the hell is – like, how do we have confidence in that offense to show up? They're, they're averaging, to your point, negative 0.2 expected points added per pass play. Yeah. This is me sort of buying – this is me looking at week one and saying – and – the f and looking and saying the Falcons have gotten better every game. Like mm -hmm. they did hang with Tampa. They did put up more than they did put up their end of the bargain point total wise against Tampa Bay in week two. Last week, I think they played, in my opinion, a tough Giants defense and came out of that game with a win. They weren't all that great, but they, there are some markers here. Obviously, their 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 play action rate isn't great. Their RPO rate is the worst in the NFL. They are running more motion than all but a a couple teams in the NFL, they're third in motion rate uh, overall, so that's a that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I mean they're they're last in average depth of target. I mean there there are correctable things with this Atlanta offense. I just think like, okay, what is the game state here? I don't think there's a game state where both defenses shut down the opposing offenses, and I think especially so for Atlanta. I don't think Atlanta can shut down Washington, right? AJ Terrell's out. We you know they they were a, a candidate to land CJ Henderson like the, their defense no is bad and knows it and i think on offense they're going to be um fairly uh you know they're going to they're going to give up points right so like they they know they're going to be in a slugfest so instead of me buying the falcons getting a point and a half at home here i'm going to buy the over because that i think is the more is the spunkier like play whereas if Atlanta loses this game I, I think it's because Washington scores a lot of points and I think Atlanta can at least keep up um, whereas if I think Atlanta is going to play well offensively I'm not that sure about their defense mm -hmm. okay uh, let's move on to uh, the next one and I am very interested in your take here okay because um, this is a line that has moved a little bit um, and it has moved because of what we saw on Monday night. This is Carolina going to Dallas. Mm -hmm. um, the Dallas Cowboys destroyed the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night in their home opener after playing two games on the road, after having no fans there, the emotion of Dak Prescott, an incredibly emotional game, and they laid the smackdown. Dak Prescott, phenomenal offensive line played really well it was a it, michael parsons was dominant they're now four and a half favorite but point favorites at home to carolina and carolina played houston on thursday mm -hmm. massive amount of rest this features a game where two head coaches who struggle in a lot of areas from a time management and game management standpoint are being held up by offensive coordinators who know what the hell they're doing this Carolina Panthers team has no Christian McCaffrey in this game. And maybe that's something that tempers people's expectations. I don't think it should. I think Chuba Hubbard's going to be fantastic. He's not going to be Christian McCaffrey, but he's not going to hold back their offense. An offense that has played really, really well to this point, averaging 0.23 expected points per pass play. Um, and on early downs, they are fifth in the NFL in expected points added per pass play, which is considerably higher than that of uh, the Dallas Cowboys, who I think are leaning into a little bit of that run game. Um, so this is counterintuitive to me. I really like the Cowboys. I like where they're going. But I think crossing that number three and actually also crossing four, I think there's value on Carolina. The rest differential's baked in. 
um, especially early in the year. What did Chris say? Yeah, that these teams have juice. So um, the real question you have to ask is, is Dallas three points better than Carolina on a neutral? I, I think on Monday Night Football, they opened up a little bit and showed that they may they might be. Right, like we all look at this division, and this was part of the 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 fade on Washington too. Like Dallas was the one team in that division that had a chance to be actually good, mm-hmm. and the and I think that this line reflects that they're actually good. The question is, are you moving too fast there? Because we've seen 2019, they start out three and zero, then they lose to the Jets. Right, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we we've seen them struggle in, in these spots. I'll, I'll say this: there is there's a little bit too much hype that's going into. Uh, the Dallas defense, I think, right? Um, Trayvon Diggs, right? You're never as bad as you look against Seattle and as a rookie. You're never as good as you look against Jalen Hurts as a second-year player. Like, there's obviously a little bit of the streakiness there. But I, I actually, I wrote this um, for to help Peter King with his column, but um, he was asking about Darnold. And, I mean, it, his turnover-worthy play rate is 1.5 percentage points less than his career average. His average depth of target is more than a yard lower than his... Uh, career average his big time throw rate is almost twice his his career average he's been under pressure 33 percent of dropbacks which is nine percentage points lower than last year and they're running play action at a rate nine percent higher than last year like joe brady matters and you know i think i think that given all the time off and given um how well darnold's playing with them um i i don't like Carolina long-term as a real contender, but I think in this game they can keep it close. So I I, I agree with your uh, pointing out of this game. The question for me is whether we believe Carolina's defense is strong enough to absorb the J.C. Horn loss. Correct. Because C.J. Henderson, do we know if he's playing in this game? I don't know, actually. Um, You know, if he is, I'm not exactly excited about him bolstering that team immediately right so whether he's playing or not is you know i'm not sure it makes me feel really any better either way um but i think it's it a lot of people are going to be excited about the cowboys um and rightfully so but i think the line it is easier to it is harder to play man coverage as a corner it's easier to learn a man coverage scheme you know so so he might be out there it might be a disaster right away. Like, but I think don't you don't you agree that this game fifty point five total? That's seven points more than they than Carolina was given in basically every one of their games so mm-hmm. far. So are you don't you think that the market is baking in the fact that Carolina is going to have a hard time stopping Dallas? It's really the question is yeah. whether Carolina can match Dallas uh, score for score more or less. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Okay, let's uh, let's keep going here. What's your next one? Um, okay. Uh, this is one that I am I'm gonna hold my nose and do it. Um Uh-oh. everything else be damned, but I'm gonna I, I think that Chicago minus three has value. Oh my god. Um how ever, nothing is ever as good or as bad as people want to make it out to be. Uh-huh. Matt Nagy was I don't. I do not know what that was. There also is questions about who's going to play quarterback, but I think it's pretty fair to assume that Justin Fields is going to play quarterback. Mm-hmm. The Detroit Lions defense—they're spunky. They are spunky. They're two and zero against the spread, and in fact, if they didn't melt down completely against the Packers in the rain, they're probably three and zero against the spread. Mm-hmm. I, I like Dan, the team playing hard for Dan Campbell, but you start to look at this defense. 
Like, look, the Browns might just, and we'll we'll talk about the Browns versus the Vikings soon. Trey Flowers is their best player on defense. He's questionable with a shoulder injury. Uh, they already cut Jamie Collins this week. Um, uh, Melon Fanu's on IR. Akuda's on IR. Right. Like, furthermore, who's their wide receivers? Right. Like, the, uh, uh, Tyrell Williams is already on IR. They cut Brashad Perriman in the preseason. They're yeah. they're signing there. They have Cleet was a Cleef Raymond Quintes Quintes Cephas might be slower than you, George. Mm-hmm. And the 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 Bears for all their foibles on Sunday, their defense was not an embarrassment against Cleveland, right? And sure. Cleveland's a good offense. So I kind of want to fade this narrative that the Bears are hopeless in this game. It is enticing because hopeless they did look. They did look hopeless. (laughs) And that's, I think, the tricky thing. I have to say in that game, I felt as though that that reminded me of Matt Nagy with Mitch Trubisky, which is a very scary thing. And I'm not sure what a week does for them. You know, I that that is really what concerns me there. In addition, like. I do think we should give the Lions a little bit of credit. I mean, they were a 66-yard field goal away from beating the Ravens. Mm -hmm. The Bears are never beating the Ravens. (laughs) Like, that's just not happening. Um, It is a low total, which intrigues me um, a little bit here. Um, This is the stinkiest of the stinky. Yeah, I mean, but those are the kind of plays, right? Like, the ones that you love... Right away, everybody else loves, right? I really wish it were two and a half. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> and, and of course you do. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess my, the tough thing that I'm um, having with this is if, if they are, if they're not It willing, is two and a half, by the way, on Pinnacle, minus 116. So um, that's a little better. That's a little bit. Minus 116 for Pinnacle, given how how little hold they have, is probably the equivalent of minus 125 in a regular book, which two and a half minus 125 is basically three. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, you can there, – there are ways to get this to two and a half if you want it. Yeah, you're going to have to pay a little bit. Um, okay. Uh, let's, let's, let's move on okay. from that one. Um, you're just not – I mean, I get it. I just think – Here's my question I have for you. I, I don't mean to belabor this, yeah, yeah. but like, if we believe what we believe about Justin Fields, what does one game do? Yeah, I think that's true. I guess we have seen how much environment dictates things, and our hypothesis about Justin Fields is: I mean, he's an elite athlete, and I've I have yet to see a team put an elite athlete more in a box yeah. than what happened yeah. there. I mean, yes, the Lions don't have Miles Garrett. I mean, Miles Garrett made Jason Peters look like, hey, you're an athlete, but he looked more like you than he did like a starting left tackle in the NFL. I mean, go on Twitter and search some of the highlights. It's embarrassing. It's it's, it's terrible, but I, I, our our boss, Neil Hornsby, was talking to me this morning and he, um, he was talking, we were talking about Vikings Cleveland. He's, he thinks Miles Garrett's the best pass rusher in the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. And you'd be hard pressed to I mean a lot of this is schedule adjustment and stuff but like you'd be hard pressed to argue with him um and the 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 I I would say again let's adjust for opponent and, and let's think of Cleveland maybe as one of the best teams in the NFL and come back and say the Detroit Lions are categorically not and and also 
the Lions are not tactic like the Lions aren't doing anything tactically that's going to kill like the Lions are playing hard, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's what they have going for them. They're not great from a tactical perspective yet. They're not great from a talent perspective yet. I think when you throw those things out the window, and Chicago will be on their best behavior, you would yep. imagine this week. Okay. Um, anyway, enough about that game, Jesus. Um, <laughs> yes, that was a, that was a lot. Okay, I do want to. So the, the games I want to make sure we talk about here are obviously the two NFC um, West ones, Sunday mm -hmm. night. But I just want to get it out of the way. My favorite spread bet this entire week is the Las Vegas Raiders getting three and a half in Los Angeles yeah. against the Chargers. And I have, the, it is one that the, I'll call, I call these Indiana games where I might like drive to Indiana to like be extra on these games. Like, are we, are we overreact? So this is a really good thing. Uh, really good discussion because I think the Chargers were fantastic on Sunday. They were amazing. And, and yet, are we Staley has done the same stuff? So the Chargers and the and the the Chargers and the Rams are the two teams in the NFL who are disguising their coverages on forty percent ish or more of their dropbacks. So they're doing it. They're doing everything that they're they're doing the Fangio stuff, the Staley stuff. Actually, I think you probably have to. And the Raiders are not doing i mean we had the quote and ethan douglas our, our friend from the athletic uh looked at our our data through the true media thing and and, and confirmed this but like the, the raiders are doing some things that are weird on offense like they have the lowest play action rate on early Strange. downs um they they're not doing i believe there was one like the other one was motion maybe was one of their lowest like some of the kpis on offense are not great for them and and gruden tried to to say well it's because if you play man coverage that means play action doesn't work as well. And he's right, but play action still works better than non-play action against mm -hmm. man mm -hmm. than it does zone. Chargers are kind of a zone team, right? So, like, maybe that will go out the window and they'll run some more play action and stuff. The Chargers on Sunday were aggressive. I don't think that that necessarily means they were smart. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah. aggressiveness and correlation, aggressiveness and sharpness are are mostly correlated with each other like in the sense that if you err on the side of being aggressive you are going to do the right thing more often than not but they killed themselves a few times right or they could have killed themselves a few times and the one time was of course giving the ball back to patrick mahomes with 30 seconds left with less than a touchdown advantage mm -hmm. but by the way real quick leaders in motion on first and second downs the niners at 90 percent your, your guy kyle shanahan yeah Next closest is Kansas City at 74%. Yeah, they're doing great. That 15% difference is the same as the difference between number two, Kansas City, and number eight, mm -hmm. Tampa Bay. The Las Vegas Raiders are um, top five. They're fifth. Okay. So, so okay. So, and, and Gruden was a top five play caller by our metrics going into the season. So, uh, I guess my, my turnabout here is mm -hmm. are we overvaluing the Chargers off of a win against a somewhat depleted Kansas City team? Mm hmm. Like that's a, yeah. I, I mean, that, do you think so? Yes. And look, I look at these two quarterbacks. Herbert is the one now that is getting talked about. Derek Carr is the one with a higher PFF grade. He's making big time throws at near, uh, nearly ten percent <laughs> yeah. of his throws. I mean, it's amazing. Henry Ruggs has shown up. Um, Darren Waller is an absolute savage. You think about 
um, what Derwin James did. Travis Kelsey, I mean, Derwin James is amazing. Travis Kelsey still went for over 100 yards. Um, and uh, the, the, the Vegas Raiders are the more efficient passing team, even as good as Justin Herbert has been. You look at pass rating from a clean pocket. Justin Herbert, 99.4 pass rating. Derek Carr, 110. Derek Carr is playing better. Derek Carr, in my opinion, like the Raiders are 3-0. But everyone's talking about the Chargers as the team to beat in this division. Here's the last point I want to make about this game. This is in Los Angeles, in SoFi Stadium. Yeah. The Las Vegas Raiders are going to have a lot of people at that stadium. And we've seen so far this year, um, home field again isn't making a huge difference. Um, and so that is something that um, I want to fade. So I think that's actually my favorite spread pick of the week. Uh, yep. Uh, yes, you are paying a little bit more to get the three and a half than than a, than a three, but I, I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, we make the we make the number more like two point six, which again is is uh, you know you obviously see some value there. Okay. Um, I don't like. Let me let me briefly discuss the Jets. Okay, like the Jets. Sorry, George, okay. looking at the camera. <laughs> like, All right, you've got 90 seconds. I got 90 I'm going to take a mental make, break here. I got 90 seconds. Okay, the Jets' defense is better than the Titans' defense. Um, the strength of schedule for the Jets so far has been pretty pretty fierce. Um, if you look at our PFF Power Rankings tool, um, the, the Jets have faced the 11th hardest schedule in the NFL. Um, coming up, they face the 28th hardest. Um, the... Whereas Tennessee, when you look at the the Tennessee Titans, um, they've had you know kind of a middle of the pack schedule. They have an easy schedule moving forward as well. I think that it's the the issues and Mike and Mike Lafleur has been the worst play caller in the NFL per our metrics. Poor guy. The, it, if not now, I think this is the last time you can take the points with the Jets this season if they don't show a, a representable effort. And I, and I think the Titans are haveable. Are you done? Yep. Okay. Um, we're going to get back to the games. We're going to talk about the three biggest games of the week in just a second. Before we do, reminder that if you are looking to capitalize this week and every week going forward, PFF uh, subscriptions are what you need, uh, whether it's fantasy, in which case Edge, the Edge subscription, which gives you all our premium content, um, all our fantasy rankings and projections, uh, and our power rankings tool is great. It's just $9.99. If you're looking to be uh, more of an inside um, user of PFF tools and leverage them for betting, the player props tool, the betting dashboards, DFS optimizer as well, all apart as well as I should mention, 0 100 grades for every single player every single week. Um, those are a part of the elite subscription, um, which is a little more expensive, but gives you a lot more to work with player props tool, my favorite tool, uh, on the website. So you can go, by the way, I should mention as well, a new, uh, addition to the player props tool coming this week. So now is the time to go out and get it. Also fan tracks. If you are trying to find a better place, cause if you use Yahoo or ESPN, you probably are. To manage your fantasy leagues, Fantrax is the best place to do it. Go to Fantrax.com slash PFF. They offer multi-team trades, player salary, and contract options. Super easy to use. It's like from this century, as opposed to a lot of the things that you see out there. Um, and if you use promo code PFF, you will get a chance to go to any regular season game this year, plus $6,000 of cash to spend. 
And if you're looking to spend that cash, looking to make some bets, potentially some player props or on the lock of the week or any of the other bets we're talking about, um, go to DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Use promo code PFF and all new customers will get $150 instantly uh, when you bet $1 on any football game. And then you can go take that $150 and bet it across the board. They also offer same game parlays. There's some write-ups on PFF about same game parlays to take advantage of. So go check those out. Combine those two sources of material and make some money. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PFF. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers are the only ones that are eligible. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Last, More of a 1-800-9-WITH-IT guy. You are a 1-800-9-WITH-IT guy. Uh, and if you're with it, I should mention that means you're probably taking advantage of um, some smart money management. Uh, it's a good combination with gambling to also take advantage of smart money management. Uh, and that's why we partnered with Western Southern Financial Group. They do a fantastic job of helping you plan for whatever future you're looking at, buying your first home, starting a family, just wondering how to make your money grow and work for you. Um, so go to Western and Southern dot com slash pff and get a game plan that's custom built for you me you all righty um let's let's start with um cardinals rams okay yeah this one we've seen some movement folks we have seen some movement it moved as uh costanza would say (laughs) so um let's give a little history here obviously we talk about these games on sunday night and um you know, that, that is an opportunity for us to take a look and say, okay, you know, the, this is where they are now. Do we think there's value on other sides, uh, on the other side, or, or um, I can't speak. Is there value on betting it now as opposed mm-hmm. to waiting for it to move? Yeah. Did you expect um, Did you expect it to move? No. I, I, I've never, like, I've never been a believer necessarily in Arizona um, I mean, we took Minnesota week two. Mm-hmm. That one hits. We obviously had Tennessee week one. That did not. On Green yep. Line, we, we never talked about that game. And then last week, um, you know, they, they were in a kind of a slug fight with the Jaguars, like kind of on their own, you yeah. know, mistakes. But, like, let's look at this for a sec. So we look at quarterback comparison Hold here. On, real, real quick, I made the mistake of not mentioning what it moved from. I should expect people not to know this. It was six when we talked mm-hmm. about this. The Rams favored by six at home. Six and a half on the look-ahead line, too. You know, weeks weeks before. So the Rams go out. They beat uh, the the Bucks rather handily. Um, the Cardinals go out and beat the Jags rather handily. It is now Rams favored by four and a half. Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, and and when you look at the the last week's results, it doesn't make a ton of sense, right? Because the Rams beat probably the best team in the NFL mm-hmm. um, handily, and the Arizona Cardinals thus far have beaten. An 0-3 Jags team, a 1-2 Vikings team, uh, and a Tennessee team that I don't think anybody believes is all that great. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the interesting part where you look at this, passer rating under pressure for both quarterbacks this year. Kyler Murray, 119. Um, that's higher than his passer rating when clean, which is 108. Um, Stafford's 127, which is slightly lower than his passer rating when clean, which is 128. Um, Murray has more big-time throws to his name, uh, 8.5%. Stafford, just 4%. Um, yet LA has a higher EPA per pass play at almost 0.5 versus 0.15 for Arizona. That that shows you what McVay is doing, right? Like, mm-hmm. and McVay has done this every single year. They start three and zero every year since 2018, um, his second year with the team, 
I, I can see why people are like, okay, eventually the, the, the jig is up with the Rams. Are the Cardinals the team, though, that can expose the Rams in any way? Like, I don't know. Like, that's yeah. that's my question I have. I, I just – I think that the line – the line movement is, pro, in my opinion, is a little bit of adjusting for a letdown for the Rams. I think that's I think that's what the line movement is all about, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, which, which I, you, know, you could certainly see happening, um, but I'm kind of with you in the sense that is the Cardinals team strong enough to take advantage of that? And I, I actually don't think betting necessarily either side of this game is the way that I would look um, to bet it. I actually really like a couple of props in this game. Um, I like Matt Stafford over two and a half passing touchdowns at plus 142. A couple of reasons why. One is that they don't really have running backs that I think they trust near the goal line. And so, and you saw this in the game against the Bucks, trusting Matt Stafford to throw the ball even when they're in close. The other thing is you look at the Cardinals defense. I am not sure how they're going to match up with either Cooper Cup or Robert Woods or Van Jefferson, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and I think there's still a Sean McVay trying to prove that Matt Stafford was the guy that he yeah. you know that he needed so I, I like that one i also like cooper cup over six and a half because Co yeah. cooper cup has literally been, there's no one that stopped him on tampa bay and there ain't anyone the guy stop him on arizona the guy that is losing the targets because the rams are distributing the ball more is robert woods, robert woods. the the guy that's making i mean cooper cup is on pay like what is a comparable season for cup right now um, I mean, you're talking about like Moss, 2003. Like Calvin Johnson. Yeah, like he he's being Similar amazing. Build. And here's the, the last thing that I'll. <laughs> I mean, he is six two. He's he's like a sneaky six two Cooper Cup. The last thing that I'll mention here that I think um, I mentioned on the was it the betting podcast with Ben Brown, but this is a, a tidbit from Dwayne McFarland, which I thought was cool. Was looking at what when uh, teams blitz, who the favorite target is, and Cooper Cup is overwhelmingly. Matt Stafford's favorite target um, against the Blitz. And you've got to figure that the Arizona Cardinals cannot sit there and just stand back in coverage and hope that they're going to have some success. Um, so I like that as well. Those are the, my two favorite bets. I am very reticent to bet on the Cardinals given the easiness of their schedule and the lack of faith that I have in Cliff Kingsbury um, from a scheme perspective. Yeah. yeah, so I think we're both in agreement that there's there might be value on Arizona, but not enough for either one of us it, to really stick our there neck There was out. value on Arizona on Sunday night. Yeah. Th this is a classic, look, I am a, I am certainly okay with having bet it then. I am not okay um, yeah. with coming in and betting Speaking of value on Sunday night that's no longer all that there, although yep. there could be, the Seattle Seahawks are now only getting three um, against the San Francisco 49ers on the road. We had three and a half. If you look at Pinnacle right now, it's much more of a true three than it was a three and a half because Seattle on Pinnacle is plus two and a half, plus 103. The 49ers are minus two, minus 114. So th this very much has moved in Seattle's direction. I think people are doing the right thing, which is to say, look, Seattle only plays games. Now they, they lost by two scores to Minnesota, mm -hmm. but they only play games you know, they, th this is a divisional game. It's going to play closer anyway. Seattle plays close games. And San Francisco doesn't exactly have the offense to sort of extend, even on a bad defense like the like the Green Bay Packers, but also the, the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I, 
I'm definitely with you there. I mean, I'm I feel pretty good about having Seattle at plus three and a half. If we're thinking about betting it now, how concerned are you? Because I think the concern is that the Seattle Seahawks defense is really, really bad. So bad. And I don't know why they traded it. They traded Witherspoon, right? Mm -hmm. What were you doing? Like, you, they couldn't cover. And granted, Clint Kubiak was fantastic Sunday. I, I don't know. And Shanahan's, of course, better, you know, than that. But you look at, like, can Jimmy G take advantage of it? Because right now, Jimmy G is one of the few quarterbacks in the league, no big-time throws. Um, you know, dithers in big situations, as we saw. Doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. Yeah. Um, Wilson's one of the few quarterbacks in the league without a turnover-worthy play to his name. Um, not a ton of big-time throws relative to his normal thing. I mean, I guess I guess what you're hoping for if you bet, if you bet Seattle here is the acknowledgement that San Francisco's defense is missing something from when they were a Super Bowl team in 19. Hmm. And this game is going to be a shootout, and whoever has the ball last will win. And ultimately, you want to be getting points in that situation rather than laying them. Um, I, I think a flat three, though, is not worth doing. You know, I think three and a half is worth it. I think a flat three is not necessarily so. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I also, 52, which is the total, um, under has gotten 90% of the cash, 54% um, of the tickets. I, I do think under is an, is an example of what you just talked about with a hold your nose, here comes the cold water bet. Yes. Because both of these teams, you think about, oh, their defense isn't as good, at, you know, it's not very good, whatever. Both these teams love to run the football. Yes. And both teams are going to run the football more this week because of the failures of the team level last week. So I actually think that's the best bet you could make uh, in this game. Divisional games also play close, play yeah. more to the under. So so uh, that would be my take on on that game. Let's um, let's do let's save Tampa Bay, New England for for the very end. I have one more bet that I that I really like that I'm curious. Um, so Cleveland. Yes. Get Cle Cleveland, Minnesota. The, that spread has flipped over zero um, because what Minnesota was laying one on Sunday night, right? Yes. Let me confirm. Although it, by Tuesday it was. It was Minnesota. Yes. Plus. Uh, no, sorry. It was Minnesota plus one on Sunday night. Total 52 and a half. It okay. is now Minnesota plus two. Total still at 51 and a half. Um, here's. Here, here's kind of the narrative that that I like. Kirk Cousins is playing amazing. He absolutely is. Um, but this is the, the Cleveland Browns are just a much better team all around than the Minnesota Vikings. If you look at our power rankings, Cleveland is tied for the seventh um, best power ranking in the NFL. Minnesota Vikings are actually tied for 19th um, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I'm not saying that the Minnesota Vikings are the Pittsburgh Steelers by any stretch of the imagination. They just showed up a Seahawks team that clearly had no idea what they were doing on the football field. I do not expect the Cleveland Browns defense to have no idea what they're doing on the football field. And you just mentioned the best pass rusher in the NFL. I'm not going to disagree with you there at all. And think about who, you know, who is going to stop Miles Garrett. It doesn't really matter who it is. It, like, well, the answer is like no one. So, I'm so I'm asking. saying it doesn't matter who it is. It's particularly not going to be Rashad Hill. He of a 49.4 P 
PFF pass blocking grade. Like, I get that Brian O'Neill has played well on the other side. Miles Garrett is going, and that's where Jadavian Clowney is going to be rushing. Miles mm-hmm. Garrett is going to be all over Kirk Cousins in this game. And the secondary of the Cleveland Browns significantly better than the secondary of the Seattle Seahawks. The Browns think, have options in the secondary, unlike Seattle, right? They yeah. were able to start Greg Newsom over Greedy Williams, another high draft pick. Like, that's a pretty good decision to have to make, right? Denzel Ward, uh, Troy Hill, uh, John Johnson, yep. uh, Grant Delpit, um, uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora, who Very had nice a fantastic game against the Bears. Um, they, I mean, the Vikings got Sheldon Richardson because the Browns were too good to keep him on the roster. I mean, they're a deep team. Um, Stefanski, obviously Coach Kirk. Uh, for years, knows his weaknesses. Um, Kirk Cousins, less than 3% of his throws are big-time throws. The Vikings, however, do have a .27 EPA per play. Dalvin Cook might come back. They might want to, they might try to feed him care. Like, I think that there's, I'm not trying to take anything away from Kirk Cousins because he's been wonderful. I, you know, I think he has firmly put himself in the top 10 conversation at quarterback. But, there are limits to that. Additionally, Baker Mayfield this season, 114 passer rating when clean, 28 when pressure. It's the exact same start to the season as Mayfield had last year. Mm-hmm. And those things regress. And I know Donnell Hunter's played in a fantastic return, um, but he's really the only pass rusher they have that can get reliable pressure against good offensive linemen. Um, I-, I think the Browns are the bet to make in this game. Yeah, I think it's counterintuitive. A lot of people, they go, oh, Vikings have been so good. They just put on a display, um, and that's why I love it. Okay, Sunday night, New England and Tampa Bay. For reference, on Sunday night, this was uh, New England getting five and a half at home. It was something we wrote in our picks column, and it is now, uh, as of this recording, I believe seven. But Yeah, flat seven. A flat seven. Um, so... Actually... Actually, I mean, seven is seven is um, cheaper than plus minus seven is cheaper than plus seven. Sorry. So where are you at on this? I mean, total forty nine. Um, Brady, for what it's worth, has not been good. A sub, I think, sixty five PFF grade in all the games where he's faced a Bill Belichick defensive disciple. Oh, that's a cool stat. Yeah. Um, that's why Sunday Night Football is way better than any other that's podcast. That's why Sunday Night Football is the best. And so who has that been? That's been the Miami Dolphins. That's been the, the Detroit Lions um, and one more team that I'm forgetting. But, it, you know, that, that's something to consider. Are you – what are you doing in this game? Where do, what do you think happens? You got the best of it at five and a half. If anything, you buy back a little bit of New England because of what you're saying. The problem is Mac Jones is not playing well. Mac Jones is playing better than any other rookie quarterback, but he has an 83 passer rating when clean, mm-hmm. 70 passer rating when pressure. The New England Patriots, uh, negative, basically one-seventh of an expected point every time they drop back to throw. Uh, they're not running the ball effectively um, either. Um, on defense, they have some questionable, you know, they have, you know, Josh Yushi is questionable with the back. Uh, they should be fine defensively. Um you know, you have a lot of the injuries are starting to pile up for the Bucks. So I get, I can understand liking the Pats here. But this to me feels like, and I, this sounds square, but this feels to me like 
betting against Brady in every single one of like the Belichick years, like where it's like, oh, you know, the, there's value on fading Brady. And it's just like, yeah, but I, I mean, this is, this is, this is so, I mean, this game, like if this go, if, you know, welcome, we're back on the, you know, start of the fourth quarter, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are leading the New England Patriots 31-3. And we're all like, fuck, you know, like we all could have seen this coming. And like, I, I feel like, that this is just a game where you're better off just like watching, especially if you have the best of it. Like you yeah. have the best of so it. So hopefully you bet Tampa Bay yeah. at uh, at plus five and a half. I'd like to say a few few words here, if I may. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were exposed against the Rams in large part because they were already down one corner, and Jamel Dean was hurt in that game, and then we're down two corners to a team that had a good quarterback and good receivers. Do you know what the New England Patriots do not have? A good quarterback or good receivers so that issue first off they will have a week to prepare and then also will not be facing that kind of a team so i'm i'm not as worried i'm not worried about the tampa bay bucks defense in this game what i am thinking about is what the tampa bay bucks offense will look like antonio brown not being there was something that legitimately i thought took away and and will take away in this game if they don't have him um Every, the word is that the team is hopeful that he will be able to play. Here's my here's how I would play it right now. Um, and it depends what you're getting this number at. But I like teasing the Patriots with the Packers. Total on that Packers game is 45 and a half. I believe it's at seven. I think it depends where you go, though. It might actually be down to six and a half um, against the Steelers and one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL at Ben Roethlisberger, 55.5 PFF grade. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. You yeah. like that? Yeah. I like that teaser a lot. The Packers, I, the, sorry, not to, yes, I like that. I, especially just like what fading. What does Brett Favre think about that? I mean, maybe. I'll, I'll take I'll take the tease. I mean, was Percy open? Uh, per, well, maybe. I mean, <laughs> did I throw it to Shanko on the wheel? Kind of. Were you watching Monday Night Football when you were interviewed on the Manning cast? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did, did, did <laughs> no. Eli, was Eli, did Eli have to talk to the FCC after the flipping the birds? Probably. <laughs> Eli, by the way, is the way, is the much preferable Manning. Eli. Oh, you think so? Yes. Eli is, Eli's Twitter is great. Yeah. Eli, Eli doesn't. The thing I like about Eli Manning is you're like half the player your brother was, and you somehow got two Super Bowls. You're the, you're we, filming from your dad's house. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like, God damn it, he's so cool. Like, and the and the funniest part about it was when you watch any of those like my favorite uh, NFL films are like when they they do the uh, America's Game where they you know and Eli sucked like mostly sucked. Mm -hmm. And then he just put together like one four war season and the whole team is just like rallied around him. That to me is like, like the obviously a stats guys, we don't buy into that, you know, almost at all. But to me, that's so much fun about football, right? Like, it's just like, I like the fact that Eli was clearly ass compared to his brother, but like, but he could lead a team to the Super Bowl and his team loved him, you know? I don't know. I find him to be cool. I don't know. He's funny on the broadcast. I'd say this. If it weren't for Peyton being someone that could actually talk about the game, it would be a kind of a rough sure. watch. Yeah, because he just like rips on Peyton Anytime all the time. Eli brings up the, the pad to like talk about a play, you're just like, oh, God. Yeah, but yeah. everything else is fantastic. And this I mean, is where I threw it behind Golden Tate and it was returned for a touchdown. <laughs> I appreciate that Peyton – so I agree with you in general. 
Eli has been hilarious on there. But here's what I have to say about Peyton. Peyton has a solo red cup that he just takes sips of during what like during the game. And I have so much respect for that. Yeah. So I that broadcast yeah. has been There's something tremendous. about a stand-up comic who drinks during their set. Like and, I, and, and is still sharp. Okay. Lock of the week. What do we want to do here? Um I hate to be like that guy again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um don't don't hide from it. Let me see what this number is. Uh oh. Oh no. Oh no. So at minus one oh two, the over on Mahomes' touchdown prop is 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 two and a half. It still has value. I think they shit can the 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 Philadelphia Eagles this week. Should that be the teaser then? <laughs> oh. Uh Chiefs box tease? Well, you're not, but like neither is seven. Like if yeah, if you like the te- if you like either if you like those enough to tease them, just bet them. Like bet them, bet them ATS. Um, you, you're you get better value making two against the spread bets there. Um, no, I I think I think they're look. Mahomes has thrown over three touchdowns in every game, so like the obviously there could be regression. They could kick the shit out of Philly and then like put Chad Henney in in the third quarter. I do think that there are question marks about the Chiefs offense that like only a 45-3 win like may uh you know assuage for a mm. little bit, right? Like so that's why I see that's why I like that one. We obviously don't have to do it, but it does it does feel like it does feel like a game where Andy Reid and it's an Andy Reid revenge game. I do feel like Andy Reid just unloads the clip in this game. Okay. <laughs> Look, you're never going to – convincing me to make a prop, the lock of the week, is one yeah. of the easiest things on the planet. I really like Raiders plus three and a half. Um, yeah. I, I hope everyone bets that. Cleveland minus two is also worthy of – You know I'm in on Mahomes over yeah, two and a half, yeah. baby. Let's uh, do it. Let's make it happen. That's the lock of the week. Um, I hope that you guys have the PFF prop stool because it's just so much fun to go in there yeah. and find those. Uh, we'll be back with you, of course, live after – the Belichick-Brady battle right here from in-studio. We love you all. Thanks for hanging out. Peace.